All right, welcome back to the Jan and Jamie live show for January 2024. We're still working on that title. Um, we'll come up with something more catchy soon. We got our special guest, Mike Karch, all the way from Tom's River, New Jersey. Mike, how are you? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Jamie is going live from a library today, as you can tell by the vertical blinds. <laughs> Jamie, how are you? Good to see you. We're good. We're good over here. I'm All right. In the so, office. <laughs> so just just in time for the spring market, you know, we want to talk about multiple bid situations because we're already seeing it. I don't think I stopped seeing it. Maybe some markets have, um, but they're certainly back in a big way. Uh, I had an open house a few weeks ago, and I think we had like 50 buyers through in two days, you know, and that had 10, over 10 offers. So and I've made offers with through buyers on same situation. Sometimes we win, sometimes we don't. And I think we all have some valuable lessons to contribute for our buyers who won and our buyers who lost. And we can also talk about it from, you know, both perspectives from the listing side and representing the buyers. So I guess, Mike, why don't you go first and just talk about like the last couple multiple bid situations you had on the buy side and then on the sell side and maybe some lessons you can give to either buyers or buyer agents of what what's working and you know who won and why basically yeah um so when i'm representing buyers if you're in a hot market and you know that there are obviously lots of other interests involved and more times than not you know you see a, a deadline on offers um what I typically like to do, and I, I like, and this is, and this goes before you even know whether your buyer is interested or not, but it kind of stays in course of what the plan is. I always like to call that listing agent before I show up for the listing. After my, after my, um, after my showing gets confirmed, I like to pick up the phone and verbally speak to the listing agent. A, right. to introduce myself and build rapport see how much information they will give me on what the current status is with offers and interest. And mm -hmm. then also give me any additional information as, um, you know, physicalities of the house, you know, condition, did the, did the sellers do anything that I might not see with my naked eye? This way I'm as prepared as I can be when walking through with my buyer a to educate them on the home itself. And also because we kind of know, pretty much are only going to get that one time to see the home. So the more information that you're equipped with, the better you are to make a quick decision, which is more times than not needed nowadays. Um, so conversation and building rapport right off the beginning with the listing agent. And then that coincides with if your buyer is now interested and you are writing up an offer, now instead of introducing yourself doing all of that at the last minute, trying to get your foot in the door. Now it's conversation number two that you're wow. having with that listed agent. And now it's just checking in and saying, hey, guess what? We did like the house, sending in that offer, doing X, Y, Z. Now now, you guys have rapport and now it's almost like, how can we do this together instead of just a text message, hey, I got my offer in. Now now you're just, you're just meeting a deadline at that point. So for me, it's all about open communication and being as well equipped with information from both sides as you can. And that's just simply representing a buyer walking into the home for a showing. Uh, um, when would you say for the buyers that have won recently, 
how fast are you sending in the offer? Because there's this theory out there. Let's wait until you know five minutes before the deadline, and we'll surprise them with <laughs> surprise them with our offer. You know, are you are you doing that? Or are you sending it in right away? No, I live by the philosophy of time kills everything. So no matter what, whether I'm first in the door, last in the door, in the middle, I want to write that offer in and get it to the listing agent as soon as possible. That, for the obvious reasons, if you are one of the last persons in the door to meet the deadline, you have no choice but to get it as soon as possible. But even if I am first, to the same argument that I was saying before, now I'm, I'm calling that agent and I'm building rapport. So yeah. days are going on and I'm watching that timeline come closer and closer. Now I'm picking up the phone. They're more likely to tell me or at least guide me how strong these other offers coming in are. I like, I like, I rather be in the beginning. Yeah. I personally feel, and and then, you know, I know this is the next question, but when I'm on the list side, I always feel like I have the better connection with the agent that submitted in the very beginning because we're naturally just having more conversations. Yeah, you trust them, you know? Exactly. It, it, it shows, it's the best yeah. sign of good faith. And Jamie, what are you usually seeing on your side? Are, are, are you getting these pre-approvals done the day before, three days before? Like, are they your best buyers or the... How far out are you having conversations with it? Um, usually, initially, when they whether they're going to start looking, you know, uh, a season away, next year, tomorrow, um, the first order of business is you want to get pre-approved. Um, I assist them with strategizing a plan so they can get their finances in order. So I think that's crucial, nonetheless, to know where their buying power is so they can get better guidance, you know, from the realtor side um, and all the same, you know, I, I do a step further and I get them, you know, what they call a DU or an LP approval, which is added leverage, you know, uh, to the selling agent, you know, in most cases. Um, I also tell them upon getting pre-approved, you know, when they're out there looking for a house, I'm, I'm on call. You know, if you yeah. Sunday showings, you know, hey, we like this house. We're going to put it in an offer. I do an extra step of due diligence, make sure that they're fully qualified for that particular property. We rerun some numbers, you know, this way we could go over what that monthly payment's going to look like. And if they are to submit an offer, um, I do recommend, you know, and I know we've been doing this, Jan, Mike, all the same. Um, that you do include me on that email when you do submit that offer to the yeah. seller. Yeah. Um, I just think it's crucial. It's an added perk in there um, to encourage the selling agent to reach out to me. Because um, if I do field that call nine out of 10 times, we're winning that offer. And you know, not to say that I'm great at my job, which I am, um, but it's more so that I'm just going through and tying down any concerns that the seller may have because look, they got an offer, but they don't know who's attached to it, what their finances look like. And, you know, I'm very, you know, personal and private. I don't, you know, be transparent in that regard, but I tell them, you know, once they get to meet me, how I work, my efficiency, and know that I took those extra steps to get that initial approval from the bank itself, um, you know, look, in the interest of not wasting anybody's time, um, it makes them feel a lot more comfortable and encourages them to to take on that buyer uh, to win the contract. So, yeah. yeah, I know when you're on the listing side, you know, there's a lot of pressure to yeah. pick the right team and the right, which includes the lender, you know, sure. and, 
and be sure, especially if you have to fast closing, that they're going to be able to meet those deadlines. Um, right. You know, from my experience working with buyers, you can tell, first of all, when they're motivated, they're going to get that pre-approval done yeah. and when they're serious about purchasing. You can feel it. Um, just showing the home, you know, you know, they did their homework. They talked to a lender, preferably a local lender. Um, and when, when I, when I'm showing them that they really like, and we're thinking about an offer, I kind of look at the whole context of the house. Like, first of all, is it empty? If the house is empty, you know, the, the seller wants a fast closing. He's already out. Right. He already has a place to go. And is it empty because somebody passed away? You know, is this guy a widower or someone in the hospital? I try to like kind of pull that information out of the listing agent to kind of figure out like, am I dealing with a trust? Well, fun, like a trust of kids where they're just dealing for their parents or am I dealing with the actual homeowner? Um, yeah. That kind of tells you how, what's going to be important to them. Um, and I, I also, outside of speed, you know, I think speed's very important. Don't wait for a deadline. Don't ask about a deadline. Just send the offer in right away because that's going to give you leverage with the listing agent to get more information and stay in the loop and up when other things right. in because adjust smart, if needed. Yep. Yeah. A smart listing agent is looking for motivation. It's not just price because anyone could pull out first day of attorney review or even any time before you're under contract or they could pull some shenanigans during a home inspection or not finish their mortgage application, just drag their feet and just dare you to sue them. Right. Well, that's what I was, I wanted to ask you a question too. So do you find, because again, as an added benefit, it, it doesn't always come down to the price. It comes down to, uh, you know, the efficiency of the closing of the loan, you know, and you do have a very tough decision to make, you know, especially on a property where you're getting uh, a number of different offers come through, you know, you want to do right by your client. And a lot of times, you know, do you find you're leaning more towards somebody that has a larger down payment for say, um, but they might be shy of the highest offer. So, you know, case in point, somebody putting down 10% and they're offering 600,000, but you have another buyer that's putting 5% down at 595, you know, and they're $5,000 less, but um, you don't know if that's a more qualified buyer, why they're putting 5% down. And then I, I'm almost asking a question. I mean, from a listing agent's perspective, how do you guys perceive that? You know, just, you know, so I understand. Go ahead, for me personally, yeah, for me personally on the listing side, it's kind of like what we touched about before with Jan and that, and including on emails, whether you're included on the email or not. If I have in a multiple offer situation, if I have two offers that are, very similar and it doesn't have to be price it could be terms it could be loan type whatever my my first thing is to do exactly that i'm reaching out to that loan officer and kind of getting the story what you know yeah. is this the end all be all are they maxed out do they have room for wiggle is this just what's comfortable for them on the monthly basis it's it's again it's 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 getting the 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 most of what you can because we only have so much to work with we can a first judge them off of black and white what's on paper on the offer and then there's only so many steps further than that we can go kind of reaching out to the loan officer i mean there how much sure. further can you possibly go you can't get to the next step without getting to the next step um so i always do like to reach out to the loan officer and um and kind of get the story behind that um 
personally, and again, I I don't I like to just lay everything out on the table for my sellers when reviewing offers. Naturally, it is up to them. Um, I do find more or less that if it is you know similar in down payment, typically that's not that big of a deal to a seller. Um, more it's more or less you know the highest price, and then what are they doing to back that up? Sure. Yeah. Sure. So it makes sense, you know, for uh, obviously it coincides with my question of why I think it's important to a, you know, find a loan officer that's going to do the proper vetting of your client. So they are readily prepared if they do field that call. And when you do submit an offer, all these agents, every agent, you know, when they're submitting an offer uh, on a purchase should be including the loan officer and encouraging, you know, that selling agent to reach out. Um, you know, yeah, you can't, you I, can't I can rely you. on you can't rely on the selling agent to reach out. So, as a buying agent, while submitting the offer, insist right. on say like, "Hey, get, tomorrow, here's my yeah. offer. Tomorrow, reach out to the lender. They'll go over everything with you. Everything has been vetted. Like, and then you could go into the document underwritten and all that. And then it, it's it's all about the team. I mean, you can't as a listing agent. That's what I do. I always reach out to the lending officer, but you can't rely on that. So, as a buying agent throw it in there insist it make it part of your offer don't yeah. don't even well, consider my yeah until speaking to the lender please I, i've actually been reaching out you know aside from the email so now they get a face to who they're dealing with on the lending side i do the extra step show them a courtesy and i'll put in a call to them unexpectedly hey yeah. just wanted to formally introduce myself you know my client submitted an offer on x y and z and you know kind of just give my quick pitch there build some rapport like you touched on before mike um again i i, I think it's just standing out from the bunch being aggressive you know once you're going to submit your offer getting it in as soon as you can you can only uh, find more details uh, more things that are underlying to the property nonetheless gives the selling agent more comfortability with vetting you know who that buyer is going yeah. to be um you know and again by the time they're ready to make a decision if you've had multiple calls with them it it, it just makes them feel a little more easier in their conversation you know so if you're neck and neck with somebody that didn't call they don't know who their loan officer is and you have a matching bid to them they lose yeah you know and, and and that's really why we would do that. And I'm with you guys. At the you know, at the end of the day, it's the seller's choice who they pick, but they're gonna sure. lean pretty heavily on the listing agent's opinion because that's their of representative. Of course, right. they vetted out this professional for their opinion. They hired this person for their opinion. Jen, in your situation, 50 showings, 10 offers. I'm sure out of those 10, five of them were in within spitting distance of each other. Yeah. So what what I usually see on the selling side um, is it's usually broken into thirds. So one third is asking or a little bit above. So you'd call that like the bottom third. Then you got the middle of the pack, which is, you know, let's just call it three to 5% over. And then it's like the winning, the winners, the top three is usually seven to 10% over. You know, if you, if you're using round numbers, um, it's about 1% over per offer. So if you're anticipating 10 offers, good chance for whatever the law of, uh, then out no, of those, out of the law of relativity, it's going to be 10% over 10 offers. I don't know why it just ends up being that way. And then out of those top three, you 
your professional opinion because yeah. on paper the offers are so similar. So now, what I did, now it's like, okay, which one of the buyer's agents did go the extra mile and presents more to me to to plead their case almost. Yeah. So that plus a good tell, well, first of all, you're putting all the offers, at least I do, in an Excel sheet, yep. create columns, look at the top yep. three. A good tell to see motivation is escrow. If you're seeing yeah. a really small escrow, you know, let's just say 3% or something, and it's not due for 10 days, you kind of you gotta have to think, like, are they really committed to this process? Yeah. You know, and if they're not willing to move on that or, you know, the, that's number one. And then number two is appraisal. <clears throat> what's their appraisal scope? I don't care if it's 5, 10, or 20, 30% down. What's the appraisal scope? Because at the end of the day, you know, are they that committed? matters to the seller much more closing. than the down payment? That matters to the like, seller much more than the down payment. Exactly. This is this number going to make it to closing? Who's committed to bringing yeah. this number to closing? Because if they're not going to oh. closing with that number, what are we talking about? Yeah, there's a lot of properties that are inflated too. Yeah. Um, you and know, that's so huge... that's always a concern. And, and again, you know, uh, I always equip my clients with the knowledge of what happens if the appraisal does come in short. Um, you know, so that is important, you know, uh, that they have the extra reserves. Um, to kind of bridge that gap because, you know, you're getting through because now you're going through underwriting you get the appraisal out of the way. And, you know, those other buyers have moved on to other properties. And now you come to find out that, you know, yeah. you're at capacity and they don't have a $10,000 reserve to bridge the appraisal gap. You know, so that's definitely got to be of concern, especially in this market, you know, with the values being so heightened. Um, you definitely want to address that up front. So I, I completely agree with you on the and as, a, as a buyer, it's very important to work with someone you trust as your agent that can also provide comps that right. are, are real. Because it, if the list price, there's a lot of times homes are just priced in a, the event pricing category where it's listed low on purpose. To yeah. bring in a lot of offers in a small amount of time. It's not a bad strategy. It's actually a good strategy because it ends up going higher than if you just listed it higher. Um, so the list price is not the value of the house. That's that's you gotta get that out of your head. I, and, I feel and, that just over the last couple of years, yeah. just buyers are so mentally trained and because yeah. houses are generally going fast that when they see a list price, that's what it's worth. They think sure. that's the bot that's the bottom price. Yeah. yeah, you should. I mean, it depends. You know, you got to ask your agent, like, is this priced right? No. You know, I, and I, I should be able to look at it in five minutes, be like, uh, this is priced low. It's going to it's going to get bid up or it's priced high. You know, you look at the condition, of course, too. And that's where uh, experience definitely comes in as well, because <clears throat> not for nothing. A lot of everyone's seeing like, oh, the market looks like it's slowing down. It's like it's like, no, it's just a lot of sellers are still kind of riding this influx and it's it's just not there. So their houses are sitting for 30, 40 days simply because price. I mean, look how many listings are still going under contract in sub seven days, because if it's listed right, I in today's market, I, I'm pretty confident to say this in any market in New Jersey. If it's listed right, it should not last more than two weeks. Yeah. If it's priced right, it should not last at two weeks. I mean, I had two listings go live the week of Christmas that both got multiples. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like if they're listed right, the inventory is just so low that there should be 
more than one interested party out there. I, I, I mean, we're still in a seller's heavy market. Um, I, I haven't ran the ratio, but I mean, from my experience, it's got to be at least four or five to one. It's like a one month inventory. Yeah. So there you go. Right. <laughs> Pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just to recap, if, you know, and Mike, you could add to this the winning offers, whether we're on the buy side or the sell side, first of all, was pre approved before they saw the house. Let's <laughs> all agree there. Yep. They somewhat understood the buying process, high level, what happens after an offer is accepted, when is attorney review, mm-hmm. understand escrow. All that, that, should all, that should all be cleared out right in your buyer's consultation, that your buyer should have 100% view on the entire process, start to finish, of purchasing a home before you even step foot in a property. Yep. So they came in fast. They did not wait till the deadline. I'm not sure. Listen, I've had high offers at the deadline, and you know, it just makes you think like, are they trying to they pull? Yeah, they're trying to hide something. And I never even talked to the buyer agent. I'm like, I don't know this guy at all. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Now he's coming in. I think something that's really, really big, especially in today's market, because we are kind of in like a a move and sell by necessity market. I think something huge too is having your buyer um, be flexible with closing because nine out of 10 times that seller has a plan B that is more or less reliant on plan A. So you being flexible with your close date, I mean, uh, granted, you might have something to sell too, but you need to work that out on your own before you get to your, your, you know, your offer. And the more flexible you can be with closing, that goes, I mean, I'm winning offers like that as well, is just simply like, you know, you put a date, but you also put like, open to sellers needs like as long as it doesn't exceed our rate lock or cost us any more money on a on a point or monthly basis um you know give give the seller kind of what they need because that that uh oh you know we'll give you the highest price close in 30 days blah blah, blah. that's not always a high sell today's market. right yeah. you know? sometimes they need use and occupancy which exactly. allows, exactly. which allows so the seller to get all the doesn't cash always win quick closes all the cash in closing and then buy their next house Correct. Yeah. And that's where also where conversation with the lender comes in too. If I'm a listing agent saying like, Hey, I see that your buyer put a flexible open closing here. Like, listen, we are under contract, but we're not closing till this date and they need to get movers. Like we're looking at like a 65, 70 day close. Can you, can you hold this rate and lock that in about like, that's a conversation for the lender too. Like, so sure. I mean, just open communication goes, goes so, so, so far. Price, escrow, closing date, inspection contingency, appraisal contingency. If you just focus on those four or five bullet points um, and give the seller what they want, first of all, you got to find out what they want. You know, through your agent, you should be able to have a conversation and not the day when the offers do, you know, beforehand. Um, You should be able to come in very close, you know, if not. And then it just kind of comes down to rapport and presentation. I always like to do uh, a cover page on my offer. So they're not just seeing the New Jersey contract, a cover page on my offer, which like has a picture of me, my reviews, the highlights of the offer, 
you wouldn't believe how many times I just get like a dot loop notification. I'm like, are you kidding me? Is that, so that's the worst, personally. Are you kidding me? When someone sends you a dot loop and you literally have to go into that and scroll through that. Or yeah. My, when someone just sends you all the attachments and now I have to go find the price. Like, so I do some, I don't do a cover page, but I do similar to you. I literally have a template that's the body of the email where, yeah. you know, I have my introduction, quick introduction, blah, 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 touch base on a conversation that I had with that agent just to make that personal touch. And then boom, body of the emails, templated details of the offer. You don't have to scroll down, but all the attachments support what I'm saying up here. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, as a buyer agent, keep in mind, you can also you know, offer things like a moving voucher that you pay for from your, from your end. You know, mm-hmm. if it's a seller, that's you know, maybe not that mobile or they're older, maybe they're looking for just moving help. Like they're just looking to make this easy, you know, and your, or your buyers can, if someone passed away in the house, your buyers can offer a donation to charity in that person's name. You know, little things like that can get the seller thinking with the other side of their brain where it's not just money, money, money. It's like, oh, this guy's a good person, you know? How am I going to turn down a donation to charity in my pop pop's name, you know? I offer, I offer my time. I offer my time to listing agents. I'll say, hey, listen, and also too, just you know, side note, I'll be there for the appraisal. I'll be there for the CO inspection. Like, I'll, I'll sit yeah. those. You know, I'll sit those. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, time, time's everything to us. So I mean, if if you had an offer and you're like, hey, not only that, I'll sit all the times where you're supposed to be there for three hours. <laughs> sure, <laughs> please. And, you know, as a buyer trying to navigate this market, I think one of the most helpful things you can do is just try to put yourself in the seller's shoes. You know, they're overwhelmed by these offers. How, do, how would you pick an offer? You know, or what would yeah. it be telling you to pick the offer? Like, it's not just price. It's contingencies and likelihood to close. Like, how, how can we structure this offer where it, it looks good, it has a high likelihood to close, and it's a great price? Because, you know, you got to check all those boxes. Um, you also have to set your buyer's expectations too of not not getting overwhelmed or or disgruntled from you know from going on showings and being in multiple offer situations and i mean we you can do everything that we just spoke about for the half hour and not get your offer accepted and and chances are that's going to happen as well so also preparing your buyer's expectations on what the beat of the market is right now it's not just always oh you're excited you got pre-approved let's let's go hit the road and get you a house i mean yeah because then you're going to be having a lot of hard conversations Absolutely. So it's, and, so it's also, you know, setting and edu- setting expectations and, and just educating. And I feel that comes with experience. I mean, the agents that are out there, you know, hitting hitting the road and, and showing homes really know the beat and, and can almost expect what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I think that's good. That's good for this cool. one. Thanks for your insight, guys. If yeah. um, you any, got it. anyone's out there struggling to, you know, get get their keys at closing or get their offer accepted, reach out to one of us. Uh, love to help. Mike covers most of South Jersey. I cover most of Central and North Jersey. And uh, Jamie goes anywhere. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> anywhere with a credit score. You, you can find Jamie. You got it. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, gentlemen. Thanks. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate being on. Yeah, we'll see you on next Talk one. Talk to you soon. Bye. Take care.